I'll stand. Good to, good to see all of you in the house of the Lord because I don't know where everybody else is, but we believe this place will be packed out, so I'm going to preach with my eyes closed tonight, and then I can see every seat filled. But anyway, we're glad each one of you are here. I want us to uh, pray for Pastor Stanley, and uh, <clears throat> we've shared this over the years, uh, about, pa- uh, uh, but you know, Pastor Stanley over in Camp Rhino now in Uganda, but Pastor Stanley and the ministry there and, and being alongside them, we've been able to, to plant six churches in, uh, in the South Sudan, and uh, one of them up in uh, uh, the northern part was uh, burned about four or five years ago, and uh, it's just a horrible situation there. One of the churches uh, is on the outskirts of Ye, where the Dreamland Children's Home base is, and Pastor Eli that we have worked with over there for several years uh, has a beautiful family. Uh, he was uh, um, uh, killed by the rebels uh, just two days ago. And uh, it's just a horrible situation that his family is going through now. So let's lift all of them up over there. And that somehow, somehow God is going to be able to intervene in that uh, situation. Father, we lift up Pastor Eli's family and his precious wife and the children and his church. And, and Lord, somehow in the midst of a great tragedy, we know that your peace can be there to just fill the troubled hearts and minds and I thank you for Pastor Stanley that feels not hopeless, but just feels that he needs to do something, but yet he can't get back into the sedan. And Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, that that you're never you never leave us nor forsake us. But it does seem like something terribly, terribly is missing in that arena. Somebody to rise up and bring peace and stability. And we know it's you, but we also know you always work through people. And servants, I pray that somebody is going to rise up over there in the name of Jesus. And we said all together, amen. Okay, how about if I lead in my confession? Because I like that one still, and you can lead in yours. Okay. Mine's shorter than okay. yours. Mine's more of a man thing, and yours is more of a female thing. Lots you know the difference? I know, lots of words. Lots, lots of words. words. Okay, lots of let's words. say the word of God. The word of God is truth. Is truth. If I live the word, if I live the word, I will be blessed. I will be blessed. If I don't, if I don't, I won't. I won't. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Go okay, for it. let's make this one together. I am here on purpose because I, I have, have a purpose. purpose. My, my heart is open and my mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. And I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? Amen. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. Be seated. Hey, you got a joke or something funny to tell? Come on. We, I like to laugh. You like to no, laugh. No, I don't have anything Nothing tonight, at all. No. I don't have. I didn't look one up today. You didn't? No. That's unusual. I, I, for um, think of any? No. And think of a true story. Okay. Based on the Word of God. I probably shared it before over the years, but out in, uh, uh, when we were on staff there at Victory, <coughs> Billy, uh, Pastor Billy Joe's in heaven now shared this story. A Christian school there, I don't know what they have, about a thousand students right now. And, uh, but anyway, I was sharing a story that a father had told him about his uh, young uh, child. I think his child was in the second grade, and he, he was acting up, a young boy, and he was acting up at home, and, uh, and, and the dad said, you know, if, if you keep doing that, I'm, I'm going to use the rod of correction on you. I'm going to give you a spanking. 
And the little boy kept doing it. And finally, the dad said, I, you go, I want you to go to your room. I'm going to spank you. And the little boy looked up at him and said, no weapon formed against me will prosper. <laughs> and, and as the, the father shared with Billy Joe, said, I could tell my child was really learning in school uh, that it just made him chuckle. And made, I don't know if he used it on the child or not, but it was a true story. And it's really, it was really a cute story, though. No weapon formed against us will prosper. That that's is the word scripture. of God. If you need, I mean, that's a good scripture to keep in your repertoire uh, on a daily basis when the enemy comes. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It's the, it's the uh, inheritance of the righteous to bind and to loose. Everybody say, I have that. I have that. So how are you doing with it? You doing good? I'm, I'm doing all right. I, t- I all apologize right? to Tiffany. I forgot to have everybody sit down for communion. And that's why halfway through that song, she's looking at me. I'm looking at her and trying to get y'all to sit down, but to stop her from singing while you sit down and keep playing the piano at the same time. It didn't work. So if you notice that, it was not Tiffany. It was me. I forgot. And you can't find your Bible. And I can't find anybody see a blue, thin Bible. It's the one do I preach out of. Do we need to pray for you? No. Okay. So everything Pray for my Bible to be returned in Jesus' name. Have you looked over this message? Yes. Okay, so you know what you're doing. <laughs> I do. I'm instant in season. I can follow you anywhere, honey. You, you can? I can. Look, I wrote on it. Pam is the perfect example of a bumper sticker I saw one time. Are you ready? Lead, follow, or get out of my way. <laughs> That's my wife. Okay, let's get into Mark chapter 11. We're going to be reading there, and, and the word of the Lord tonight is that, that there are always going to be obstacles in our life and in the path that we're on, and that we need obstacle-moving faith to stand firm that whatever God said in His written word, whatever the current manna is, of God for us on the path that we're on, our faith will not waver. We will pursue what God said. And that if we understand that, honey, then we can get on a path where we find out how does this faith work so that we never ever entertain anything but faith. And if we understand what Jesus is saying in Mark 11, 22, 3, and 4, then it changes our life and it changes the way we think about things. In other words, we're not moved. It's easy to say we're not. How many of you know it's easy to say I'm not moved by what I see? Let's, let's, say, I'm not, I, let's all say, I'm not moved, I'm not moved by, what I see. by what I see. How many, let me ask, see your hands up, all of you who believe that. Everybody look around. Get them real hot. Everybody look around. Got them all? Okay, take them down. Now I want to see the hands of all the people. That from time to time, you are moved by what you see, even though you know you shouldn't be. That is a lack of faith. And if we don't have a lack of faith, we won't be moved by what we see. We see what we believe. So, take it from there, Maestro. Well, I think that all of us have opportunities to exercise our faith. And sometimes we're in a battle, and it's harder to exercise that faith. And I was thinking... Uh, you know, like even in, in this service tonight when my husband says he's glad you're all here, but he's going to preach with his eyes closed. What he's saying is that by faith, everybody say by faith, by faith, 
from the day we started this church, we believed that we would have a full house. Everybody say, a full house. <clears throat> and, and over time, the enemy will do things when you're right about to do something to make it look like it can never happen. How many of you have had that happen? I mean, you have a word, or maybe you've heard a current word. I mean, like that day you've heard a word, and everything will happen to say, that will never happen. And that's when faith, that means not believing what you see, not believing what people, well-meaning people, even people that walk with the Lord people, begin to say things, or uh, how many of you know facial expressions speak? And you share something, and it's like, and you know what that means. <laughs> or, you know, there's just that look. How many of you know the look that says uh, doubt and unbelief? And the enemy is really, really skilled at doing that. Uh, for our vision, for my vision, I have seen a river. I have seen a river with fire going down the middle. We wrote a song in this church called Resurrection River. And I believe the words in that song that I wrote because they came from God, not me. I'm, I'm not a songwriter, but God is. And he gave me all those words, and he gave the guy that was playing the keys at that time the music for a song that he didn't know the words to. And the two fit exactly together. And I, I've seen it. I see it all the time. What day is it going to happen? I don't know. But God spoke to me and said, you take care of what I send to you, and I'll take care of bringing the others. You know, sometimes we've got to be faithful in the things we're doing and count on God to bring it. Everybody say, bring it. Bring it. Have you heard people say, bring it? Well, that's what God is best at, is bringing what he says into place but he uses our faith our faith what we believe in our heart that's how he brings those things into the earth <clears throat> that's a good word could we do resurrection river sunday at the offering oh my goodness think think about it think i don't about think john's it. ever heard it when you? she was talking about what, um, uh, what i said about uh, eyes closed made me think about dr cho mm -hmm. how many of you know who dr cho is a uh, pastor cho uh, Pastor Cho, uh, at one time, well, it, I think it may still be, I'm not sure, but, it was, but he pastored the largest church in the world in Seoul, Korea, almost a million people. I think he's retired right now, but he was kind of the hero of the faith for me. I, I, he, he has a book that is still a classic. I recommend it for everyone, The Fourth Dimension, How to Live in the Realm of the Fourth Dimension, basically the spirit world. And he started out healed from tuberculosis, and uh, uh, he accepted Christ because the missionary wouldn't leave his front door uh, until he did. And it reminded me of Sharon Doherty. And, uh, and the missionary wouldn't leave his door, and finally he accepted Jesus just to get rid of her, not really meaning that, but once he accepted it and spoke those words, his, his spirit man became reborn. And, uh, and, and at the time, he was preaching in an old Marine Corps tent left over from the Korean War, and when he would preach, they came up to him afterwards and said, Cho, what is wrong with you when you preach your eyes are closed? And he said, I have a vision that God has given me. And the vision is that I will have the largest church in the world. And when I open my eyes, I see 13 people, mostly my family. And when I close my eyes, I see the largest church in the world. And uh, he lived his life that way. I got a chance to meet him once, and he's, he's one of my heroes. But let's look at Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 24, and then we'll get on with it here. The Word of God says, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt, but believes that he has what he says, 
it will be done for him whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things that you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. In other words, honey, now, now the definition of a mountain, uh, it, it means an obstacle. A mountain is symbolic of an obstacle, a hindrance, anything that gets in your way of the way of God's Word, something that appears to be contrary to the Word of God is an obstacle. This may not sound like faith, but I believe, I believe it is. We should expect obstacles and ignore them. Does that make sense? Let's just say, I should expect obstacles, I should expect obstacles. and ignore them. Because the devil is always going to try to throw an obstacle in your way. And sometimes what we'll do is we see an obstacle and we think, I, I went down the wrong road. Doesn't mean you went down the wrong road. As a matter of fact, if you don't have some kind of an obstacle being thrown at you by the enemy, you probably are on the wrong road. You're going down a road of pleasure or whatever instead of really what God's called you to do. So once we expect it, we get to the point when we say, what did God say? And the issue is settled. But the dominant thing, honey, is that Jesus said, have faith in God. No matter what, have faith in God, have faith in God. Our, our faith has to be so strong that God knows more about everything than we do. And our faith is a laser beam in God. And we know God loves us and that the, the love is the foundation of all faith. And that therefore our total faith in every situation, is, I have faith in God that he's going to bring me through. And you know in Romans ten seventeen it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so uh, faith isn't supposed to come from circumstances. Faith isn't a result of everything looking like it's okay, even though we'd like things to look like they're okay. That's not what faith is. Faith comes, in other words, it comes into our, our heart, into our, our life. The ability to walk by faith and not by sight comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. God. And when once we have heard the word of God, that's when our faith becomes tested. Uh, we, we receive faith for things by reading the word of God. And that's why in this church, we really uh, encourage people to read the word. Uh, even I tell people, even if you don't understand it, I told my granddaughter, she started reading through the word with me uh, in the beginning of January. And with school over at Purdue and working a job, she was starting to get behind. And she started getting discouraged because she felt like she was failing because she wasn't staying up with the, the list of what to read that day. I said, when you miss, start on the day you're on. Don't try to look back. Just start where you are and go again. And if you miss it, start where you are and go again. Eventually, you'll develop uh, the habit, the, the desire will increase to read the word of God and then what happens is your faith begins to correspond to the level of knowledge of the word that you have in other words if you have a little bit of word then your faith will be small but the more word you get because how does faith come it comes by hearing and hearing the word of God and so even though I know a lot of scriptures I mean I've been in this for a long time some 40 years I know a lot of scriptures However, I still read every single day what I know I need to read. Now, I didn't get to do that at first easily. I had to make myself 
sit down and read it. And do you know how long it takes? 15 minutes to follow that Bible reading plan. Only 15 minutes of my day. But how many of you know it's hard to stay in the Word for 15 minutes? It's, it's like trying to pray for 15 minutes. But where is my faith going to grow? Only if I stay in the Word of God. Or the hearing of God by the rhema word. You know, words God tells me. My faith is increased as I hear that word. Because it gets exciting when you hear from God. How many of you get excited when you hear what God says? Oh, it's so exciting. And then the next day you've got to start walking, that faith walk of believing that. But you still have that word. It's in there. And that's why God says, write it down. Speak it. Say it. Because that word begins to produce faith. Everybody say faith. That's a good word. And you are diligent. I, I really admire you. you she, my wife is in the word every morning reading the word of God. There are times when I, you know, I know a scripture, but I don't know where it is. I'll call up Pam. I say, where is that? She's like a concordance for me. I love it. I really do. I really do. The, the, the foundation of faith is what we just said. Number one, you have to have faith in God. Let's say it, faith in God. Faith in God. And then number two, to know what God said. But you also need to have the current manna of what God said. And I'll give you just a quick example here. Uh, Joshua, uh, w one of my all-time heroes in the Bible, served God, uh, number one, because he, he was a servant, and God uh, elevated him. God elevates and promotes servants and, and the humble. And he, he obviously was a very humble individual, but yet he was a great leader also. And when, and when God told Joshua that, that everywhere your foot trods, you, you will possess the land. So he gets ready to go into to, to Jericho, and he asked God what to do. And God told him exactly how to take Jericho. Walls fell down. Everything was great. He had faith because he heard what God said. Second battle of Ai, he didn't consult God. He listened to the people, and they went up, and they were defeated. Came back, cried out to God, and said, God, what's wrong? How many of you have ever asked God what's wrong? God, what is going on here? What's the problem? And God will show you where sometimes we miss it by appropriating what we think is faith into something that isn't faith at all. You can't do all things through Christ who strengthens you if you're doing the wrong thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, that makes sense. Yeah. You, 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 can't, you can't just quote scripture doing something going down the wrong path. You have to know the right path. So when God told Joshua, hey, look, you haven't heard from me yet. That's why, and I'm paraphrasing everything. You haven't heard from me yet. That's why you got defeated. If you listen to me and do what I say, you'll be okay. And so then he listened to God. God told him what to do. He had faith, and everything happened exactly the way God said it. Now, when we read Mark chapter 11, verse 22, it says, have faith in God and speak to the mountain, all those kind of things. I want you to back up if you still have it open to that uh, area. And, and it's Mark chapter 11, verse 14. This is how that whole scenario came to play. Jesus went by with the disciples, the fig tree, and he wanted something to eat, and he found nothing but leaves, is verse number 13. He found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said, let no one eat of this tree ever again. And the minute he said that, as the Son of God, as the Word of God, that was established. And that tree was dead. That tree was dead. Whatever God says comes to pass and cannot be revoked. It is absolutely, it is a supernatural power. So what Jesus was saying to the disciples when they looked at the fig tree and said, my goodness, the fig tree that you cursed is dead. Jesus basically said, 
duh, what's the problem? If I cursed it, it's dead because my word is power, and whatever I say, the power of God backs it up. What he was saying was, why are you so amazed at what I said? Because whatever I said is the way it is. That's how powerful the word is. Hebrews says the word of God is more powerful and active than any two-edged sword. And, and that the word of God, when it's in a believer, the current manna of the word of God will not ever return void, honey. It's powerful. And he was making a point in verse number 14. If I said it, it settles the issue. You know, that was something that God cursed. And it, through Jesus' words, as he spoke it, it was done. As it is in heaven, it will be done on earth. And there's a story in the Old Covenant between a, a king and, and a prophet, Balaam and Balak. And, and, and Balak was trying to get Balaam to, to curse the Israelites. And he tried three times to curse them. And every time he opened his mouth, he blessed them instead. Why? Because nobody can curse what God has blessed. The opposite is true. You know, when God blesses something, it is blessed. So turn to your neighbor and say, we are blessed. You are blessed. Now, you know, our, that blessing is there for us at all times. Our obedience has a lot to do with the blessing because if you remember uh, in that same story when Balaam tried to go and the donkey ended up being the one that spoke to him, you know, God, God will speak what he wants us to know, but we have to be obedient. Everybody say obedient. And obedience brings the whole blessing of God upon our lives in every situation. As long as we do what God says, we are blessed. Everybody say, I'm blessed. What is the obstacle and the biggest obstacle we'll ever have to face? Doubt and unbelief. What's the root of doubt and unbelief? Fear. Very good. And what is fear? It's from the devil. I don't know. Yeah, it is from the devil. Everybody say, fear is from the devil. I don't know if this is original with me or if I heard it somewhere. Probably I heard it somewhere. But a little acronym for fear. False evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. And you might say, well, no, that's not false evidence. I see it. You can see things that bring fear, but it's not real to you if you're walking by faith and not by sight. And therefore, we don't fear anything. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. First Tim- is it First Timothy or Second Timothy? Second Timothy 1.7 says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Well, if God didn't give it to us, who gave it to us? The enemy gave it to us, tries to give it to us. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Fear will take a sound mind and twist it. Fear will make you uptight. Fear will bring stress into your life. And a lot of people are trying to uh, fix things out here so they won't be fearful. And the problem is they got a root of fear. And if you don't get rid of the root of fear, you're never going to be set free. And, and the Word of God says that we've been delivered from a spirit of fear. And, and that we've been brought into the kingdom of God for such a time as this that we know of. So therefore, I want, I want you to look at this right here, what they're going to put up on the screen. Faith is rooted in what, I think we're going to have it, I'm not sure. Faith is rooted in whatever, yeah, there it is. Faith is rooted in whatever God said. Fear is rooted in not trusting God's word. Now let me say that again, because a lot of times people will try to be delivered and have deliverance from something they're delivered from. Does that make sense? That's what I said. If you're here tonight and you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're delivered. You are delivered. So let's all say, I am delivered. I am delivered. 
So if you understand this, fear is rooted in not trusting God's word. Faith activates the supernatural word of world of God's authority. Fear activates deception of the devil's thoughts in your mind. So here is a believer, and you're standing as a believer, and you're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is in tune with the Holy Spirit. Your spirit is alive and well and wants to speak forth the Word of God, but everything goes through your mind. If your mind is renewed, then you are going to speak the Word of God. If your mind isn't renewed, you're going to speak things and meditate things that are bringing fear, doubt, stress, turmoil, all of this kind of stuff. And when I'm around people sometimes, honey, and I know sometimes I can get carried away, but I, I don't care. It's true. When I, I hear people say, well, I think, I think, and I say, well, why, do you, why do you not stop thinking, and why don't you start speaking the Word of God? In other words, it isn't what you think about the situation. In essence, it is what you think, because it'll torment you if you think the wrong thing. But basically, it's a situation of saying, what is the Word of God saying about this situation, not what I think? Uh, I think things are getting worse, and they're going to get worse, and I think this is going to happen, I think that's going to happen, and I don't think this will ever happen. And that, all that is is just opening the door to the devil to flood and torment a person that has been set free, if they know Jesus. Yeah, I looked up the word root, you know, where to be rooted, and uh, right now, today, um, we, we put in two trees, and, um, you know, those two trees in our yard uh, are going to have roots. Now, right now, it's just a big ball that goes in the ground. But eventually, that'll, you know, send roots out of that tree. And, and so I looked it up, and it says, um, the part that grows underground. Everybody say underground. Underground. And I'll, I'll show you something in a minute. It's the organ of absorption, aeration, food storage, and it's a means of anchorage and support. Both faith and fear do the same thing. They have to work underground. Everybody say underground. See, it, it becomes the anchor in, in your life, your faith. And, and if it's, it, it, uh, brings, it brings absorption. In other words, faith allows you to absorb the truth of the word. It allows you to have the word go in you and stay. How many of you, before you were born again, you know, the word didn't hardly go anywhere except you know, maybe round and round and gone, or maybe not even understood. But once you receive the Lord and the Holy Spirit's in there, you know, the Holy Spirit will keep you rooted and grounded in the truth of the Word of God. And so, you know, when it's, it absorbs the Word of God because your faith is starting to grow, and that's where it grows in that place. Aeration, you know, we had the other tree we had, it died because there was all this netting that was over the dirt in our yard and that netting that they put in to keep the weeds out ended up not allowing the water or air to even get to the root of that tree they said and it died it died and so you know the enemy you know like he likes to put a film over everything where you can't really receive what the truth of the word of God is and you're not really getting air you're not really getting life you're not really getting what you need from the word of God and then it says food storage we have to store the word of God in our heart, and then it becomes an anchor and a support. The same is true with the devil. He will yeah. plant, and he gets underground. How many of you believe the enemy goes underground? Like a lot of you here tonight may be meditating good thoughts, 
But some of you may be meditating a bad thought. But when I look out here, nothing goes bad thought, bad thought at me, or good thought, good thought, good thought. I mean, I don't know what you're thinking. But underground, everybody say underground. underground. You're thinking. And those thoughts that are underground, are they from God or are they from the devil? If they're from God, faith. If they're from the devil, fear. And that's the way he controls even believers today are still controlled because underground there is a root of fear. And in 1979 when God healed my life, it was in uh, Ephesians. I'm going to read it to you here. I, I know I'm off your outline there just a second. But, but um, <clears throat> this, this is Ephesians 3, 17. I'm only using this, honey. Cause, Go for it. Okay. Go for it. Okay. I lost my Bible, so I have to go to this phone thing. Okay, it says... Pull up Fox News next. I want to see what's happening with the current <laughs> headlines. Verse 14 of, of Ephesians 3. God had me pray this over my life every day. Every day. The Holy Spirit quickened me. Pray this. Everybody say, faith comes, faith comes. By, hearing by hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen. He didn't say read it. He said, say it. Everybody say, say it. Say it. And so, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father of my Lord. I changed it personal. My Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the, my whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in my inner man, that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith, that I, being rooted and grounded in love. Everybody say rooted, rooted. and grounded in love. What does that mean? Supported, anchored in love. What does love do? Faith comes by hearing, but faith operates by love. Everybody say love. So through me speaking this over my life, great rooted and grounded, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that I may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, if you say that over your life every day, every day, every day, every day, guess what? You will become rooted and grounded in love, and you will know the height, the depth, the length, and the breadth of that love. Not because of anything we're doing, but because the word is producing that on the inside of us. And faith explodes for things that we've never been able to believe for. That's a good word, honey. That's a good word. You know, when you said the scripture, it was up there just before you even got to it. Sean, you were really on top of the game back there. Give Sean a hand yes. up there. He is really at moving ahead. And also, we got a new guy on sound, Mr. Reuben. Give Reuben yeah. a hand. Thank you, Reuben. Thank you both. Any of you want to get involved with our PowerPoint, our tech crew, uh, sound, call, who they call? Call Sandy. And Sandy can figure out yeah. who they call. <laughs> call Sandy, and she'll send you who you need to be with. You know, when you were talking about that, this is not a, a, a happy story. It's a sad story about years ago when when I was in the service, but it does relate to faith. We had a pilot that was doing night qualifications. We're out on an aircraft carrier, and, and they try to pick a night when there's no, no horizon, no moon, no, no light at all. And, and this, this pilot, he ended up crashing his plane, and, and he died. But the pilots are trained to do night qualifications so that they can fly 24 hours a day regardless of the weather, and they have to fly on their instrument panel. And when they put them into an area uh, where they had all the technology back then, I know it's all changed, but, but they, call, they were called link trainers. And they would go in these link trainers, and it was totally black, 
and all they had was an instrument panel of these were FAU Crusader aircraft and they would fly the plane and then they would land it on an aircraft carrier and when they wouldn't land right or something would go wrong they would crash and all the bells and whistles would go off well this is the real thing and what they do is train these people to think these pilots to think based on a panel and that whatever you think is what the panel says in other words it comes from the control panel attitude gauge and everything else altimeter it comes from the control panel into your mind and that is what you think not what you see and as a matter of fact they're trained not to look out of the aircraft and if they try to look out of the aircraft which they do in day flights all the time but if they try to look out of the aircraft then they can get used to looking for the horizon or trying to know where they are based on sight and that what happens then is when they get disoriented it lets vertigo set in a lot of believers will be looking around for signs about what's going to happen that God told them to do and they don't see a sign and they can start to get a spiritual vertigo of fear, doubt, unbelief, anxiety, and stress because they're looking for a sign instead of being fixed on the gauge of the Word of God. What did the Word of God say? And, uh, and this pilot, they tried to talk him down. They knew he was getting vertigo. They could tell he was calling in. He never came out of it, and he flew the plane into the ocean. <clears throat> a lot of believers are flying their life into horrible, horrible situations because the thoughts are not centered on what the Word of God says. And they are not moved by what they see. I mean, they are moved by what they see instead of what they believe. We say this a lot in this church, but it's, it's really true. Let's, let's say it again. I'm not moved by what I see. I see what I believe. And when you see what you believe, it'll change your life. In Matthew chapter 8, it's the story. I'll paraphrase it all for you, and they're going to put a couple of scriptures up there. But in Matthew chapter 8, it's the story about the Roman centurion. And the Roman centurion had a servant that was ill. And he came to Jesus. He was not of the Jewish faith, but he had observed what Jesus was doing. And he asked Jesus if he would heal his servant. And Jesus said, I will come to your home, and I will pray for your servant. And he said, no, I'm not worthy that you should come to my home. But I am a man under authority. Everybody say, under authority. He said, I'm a man under authority, and I am in authority, and I understand authority. And he said something so profound. He said, uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, when Jesus, oh, I'm sorry, I think I, mean, I think I said too much without looking at the word. We need to back up to verse number uh, 8. Let's go to verse number 8. But if you will only speak a word, my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. What this man was saying, this Roman centurion was, I understand authority and orders. I understand that if you say a word, there will be immediate response from the soldiers. And I understand that you are a man in authority and under authority, and that if you speak a word, my servant will be healed. And it goes on to say that at that same moment, his servant was healed. And this is what Jesus summed up, a man not of the Jewish faith. A Roman centurion, he said, I have not found so great a faith in 
all of Israel had not found that kind of faith in all of Israel. That faith is the kind of mountain, obstacle-moving faith that you and I have to have. If God speaks a word to us, issue is settled, and then we just walk by faith no matter what we see, honey. I believe God has big vision. Yeah. Uh, I believe for us to get in agreement with God, we've got to grow in our faith so that we can live big vision because God's plans are so much greater than where we're at right now. Say this, where I am right now is not where I'm going. Uh, you know, with God, all things are possible. But I believe, you know, when I look back in my life, over my lifetime, even in the last 10, 15 years, how much the world has changed. Can you, I mean, just think about that. And I'm sure 10, 15 years ago, people would have said, that is impossible. That is impossible. How many of you remember when, when cell phones were uh, phones in a black bag? The size, <laughs> the size of a box. And you carried that thing around with you everywhere you went. And today, here's a cell phone that has everything that has to do with my life in it. Anything I want to see, anything I want to know, I hit internet and there it is. I would have never thought that when I was a little girl, five years old, and we had a TV that just did snow most of the time until you got the antenna where it could connect. And now I'm mad at the cable company because they charge too much for me to watch 277 out of the 700,000 channels there are on there or whatever. I, I'm, I'm exaggerating that, but do you see, what is God going to do next? What's he going to create next for his glory? I don't believe he created the Internet to be used for what it's used for, but I've read the word. It says the wheat and the tares will come up together. Yeah. So I'm not going to argue with God on that. I mean, it, it's used for whatever the person wants to use it for. And if a person doesn't know Jesus, there's no legal law that's going to make it go one way or the other. It's only the heart of God that changes a person, changes a nation, changes a village, whatever. And so I believe that in, in, in medical uh, things, I, I have a friend today, he just had to have another balloon in a vein in his leg that's being used as an artery because he doesn't have any other artery that can be changed for the artery and he's living, and he's moving, and he's having his being, and nobody could have done that years ago. And so what big vision does God have for the church? What big vision does he have for us to possess lands, buildings, properties, uh, new ideas, things that God's going to do? And, and if we're not growing, everybody say growing. growing. If we're not preparing by increasing in our faith, then God isn't going to be able to even ever give us that idea because for That's us right. it wouldn't even be something we'd entertain right. but yet there's somebody who knew how to make a light bulb you know there's somebody who knew how to make a radio work all those things i don't believe man's done that i believe god has done that i believe god is the one that brings increase increase he he intends for it to be for his glory man sometimes twists it and use it for something else but there are big things still ahead if Jesus tarries right. and we're not going to know them if we don't walk by faith because the only way it says in Hebrews 11 that 11 6 it's impossible to please God without faith and then it goes on in that chapter and gives list after or name after name in a list 
of those hall, the hall of faith, people call it, yeah. the hall of heroes. Why were they heroes? Because they were walking by faith. And I believe we're going to see it. I believe there's answers to what's going on in this yes. world. But it's going to take people of faith. And, and the devil is going to come against it with everything that he has. So we have to practice. Everybody say practice. And that's what, we're, that's what we do in this church. I, I never look at the numbers and be discouraged in this church because all I'm hearing is prepare. Everybody mm -hmm. say prepare. prepare. Get ready. Get ready. And get people in position and train people and do this and do that. Why? Because when God moves, it's not time to say, hey, would you like to work with the kids? You know, Say what? Me? No. We're going to get people ready to work with That's children right. because children are coming from the north, south, east, and west. And when we all get in unity of faith, then we begin to see those things happen. Now I'm preaching. Go ahead and finish. Yeah, but that's a good word, honey. You know, I was thinking as you were sharing all that, too. You know, we've, we've, we've got to get so centered and so focused on the things of God that we've got to know the word of God. Well, first of all, we've got to trust God. Then we've got to know the word of God. Then we've got to know what he's speaking to us. Then we've got to know that that's what we're thinking. Then we've got to know that's what we're speaking. And then we've got to know that's what we're pursuing. And anything that is fearful, we get rid of. And I was thinking uh, about Reuben's brother, Isaiah. Isaiah is in his third day of Marine Corps boot camp. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> I don't know what it's like this type of veneer, but I know what it used to be like. And it hadn't changed that much, I'm sure. And I'm sure he's probably scratching his head thinking, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> But what they're, I can tell you what, I can tell you exactly what they're trying to do. I know about the crucible and all that stuff that they still have. They're trying to break his will. And they're trying to put as much pressure and stress on him as they can for him to begin to crack and have fear surface. And once the fear surfaces, you can deal with it. But until the fear surfaces, you can't deal with it. Now, a lot of moms and a lot of people that are, you know, really compassionate, they'll think, oh, my goodness, you wouldn't do that to my little boy. Oh, yes, they will. Heather's not here, so I can share this. But... But, but they're, they're going to try to crack this guy, and they're going to try to get every ounce of fear that's in him to surface so they can deal with it. And then once they deal with it, it'll be gone forever, and he will begin to make, become a different person. I'm not saying he wasn't a great guy before. I'm not saying he had fear. But how many of you know all of us wrestle from time to time with fear, doubt, stress, and unbelief? And if you're going to go where God wants you to go, where the pressure is and can be great, you've got to be prepared for it so that it doesn't move you. And that's where we are in the body of Christ. What Jesus said is going to happen. If you'll study the end times, you'll study Matthew 23, 24, 25. You'll study Ezekiel 38, 39. It's all going to happen. It isn't a question of praying, God, please don't let this happen. God said it is going to happen. It's no different than he said about the fig tree. It's happening. It's going to happen. It's happening in some parts of the world. Suck it up. Get ready. Get my word of God in you and get ready for what's about to come because it's coming. But we will go through it victorious, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because we have the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, it takes us to Mark chapter 4. We'll close with this scripture here, but it's Mark chapter 4. <clears throat> it's verses 35 through 41, and for time's sake, I'm going to paraphrase it, but, but it's so powerful. Jesus told the disciples, honey, just it, it could be anything. It should be like, go to Lafayette, Indiana, start a church, or leave Lafayette, Indiana, and go to Tulsa, and, and I'll tell you what to do once you get there. Abraham, uh, get out of her and go wherever I tell you to go, and Abraham says, okay, I'm going, and somebody said, where are you going, and he said, I don't know. Uh, now, I know it doesn't say that in the Word of God, 
but, but that's very true because we, I got a call one day from Pastor Doherty. <laughs> we're out there in Tulsa, and, and he called me up and said, Bill, I want, you to, I want you to go do a funeral with me. And I said, sure, fine, whatever. And he, and he told me what time it was and all. And he calls me back, has the secretary call me back about an hour later and says, uh, uh, Pastor Doherty uh, uh, said that uh, Billy Joe can't make the uh, funeral. He wants you to do it. I'd never done a funeral before. And uh, so I thought, oh, that's, that's great. And it says 12 o'clock. And so I called Pam. We only had one car at the time. And I said, honey, you got to pick me up at the church right away. i got to do a funeral for Pastor Billy Joe. I've never done a funeral. I'm not sure exactly what to do. You come pick me up. We'll go to the funeral. She comes, picks me up. We jump in the car, and we take off down the road. She says, where's the funeral? This is the honest to God truth. We're driving down the road, and I said, I don't know. <laughs> we had to pull in. We, no cell phones back in that era. We had to pull in a gas station, call the church, and find out where the funeral was. Thank God it wasn't that far away. We got through it, but we were, we were really living the word, doing what he said, not knowing where I was going. Now, it probably would have helped if I'd asked where the service was. But they're in the boat. Just think about this, honey. The disciples are in the boat. They got the Son of God sitting in the back of the boat. He decides to take a nap. And they moved, and he said, he said we're going to the other side. Everybody say, we're going to the other side. So therefore, the word of God was settled. They're going to the other side. But all of a sudden, the storm comes up. They look at the storm. They get upset. He's sleeping. They're upset because he's not doing anything about How many times have we ever been upset about somebody who doesn't seem to be doing something about something? And that can happen. But yet, all that matters is what did God say. And the minute Jesus said, we're going to the other side, the issue was settled. They should have been okay. Now, a lot of people will take this verse when Jesus rebuked the wind and rebuked the storm and the waves settled down. They said, my goodness, this man can even rebuke the elements. But, but they moved on. Sometimes we can rebuke the storms of life and they go away. I've experienced that they don't go away all the time. But regardless, we either go through the storm, we go around the storm, or the storm goes away, but it does not change nor compromise the Word of God. If God said go through the storm to the other side, we're going through the storm to the other side. And that's what the Hebrews 11, read Hebrews 11, people of faith. And some went through the storm and entered heaven. They didn't, they didn't see the victory here on the earth, but they made a decision. Everybody say made a decision. Made a decision. That they're going through, what, regardless of what that may mean. They are going to live by faith and not by sight. And that's the difference between a believer, really, the Bible says, and an unbeliever. Once we're born again, we no longer live by sight. Why? Because this world is what we live in, but it's not what we're of. We are not made of what the world is made of. We are made of a greater a power, the anointing of God that lives on the inside of us. So we don't, we're willing. Everybody say willing and obedient. Yeah, and our will, I believe God does break our will. I, I believe God breaks our will, but he increases our spirit. You've heard people say you can break a child's will, but don't break their spirit. That's absolutely true. But God increases our spirit through faith. But he does end and, and cause our will to get in line with his will. That's why he says you will be willing. You will have to be willing to take up your cross and follow me. What's that saying? You're going to have to change your mind about what you want to do 
and you're going to have to take up what I want you to do and follow me. Honey, you live, uh, you know, you have a prayer journal just like this, and uh, you live out of your prayer journal, what God said. And the other day I was just sharing something with God, and this is what I heard in my spirit immediately. Confidence, my son, confidence. You must maintain complete confidence that you hear from me. Without that confidence, you'll waver and become double-minded. And it was a situation that I was facing that I thought I knew what God said, but then because of some things that I saw, I was starting to question just a little bit. How many of you got something like that you're going through right now? It's just like, I think I know what God said, but now, now I'm not too sure. And I felt like it was the Lord just reassuring me that I hear from God. And that Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. A lot of times we, we hear the voice of God, but then when we look around, things don't always line up. So hey, maybe I miss God. I believe it's easy, easy, easy to hear what God is saying because he always speaks clearly to us what he wants us to know. And that what we have to do is have confidence that we hear the word of God and then our faith is activated and we know exactly what he wants us to do. You know, this morning, um, this friend of mine, his husband had to have that balloon done again on that artery. Uh, I was just putting my makeup on and, and all of a sudden I thought of him. And I thought, oh, I've got to text them and see where they're at in the process. It wasn't time yet for him to go in, but I was going to text. My phone went, and there was a text from her. Pray they're having a hard time getting the IV in to my husband. And so I texted right back, and I said, don't be concerned. God knows, because <laughs> he just put you on my heart to pray. Everybody say, that was God. The timing of that was exactly when she was texting me yeah. to pray. But the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, had already quickened me to text her. So, you know, and you know what? When I text her, it would not go in to the hospital. But she texts me. See, God knows about your life. And so he's right there. I mean, those kind of things just really solidify or give me confidence that whatever I'm seeing or thinking, if God did that this morning for Pete to bring peace to him, then God knows where I am because he, he called on me to be the one that come alive, come be alert. Everybody say, be alert. How many times do we think about something and we just let it go? God will speak to his children. It's us having confidence. That was God, and I need to act on it. Amen. Let's all stand. I, I want a kind of a homework assignment because it may not be able to be done right now at this moment. But I want you tonight, on the way home or tonight when you get ready for bed or whatever, think about what is your biggest obstacle. You may have more than one, so use it for however you want. But what is your biggest obstacle? And then ask yourself, what is God telling me to think about it and to speak over it? In other words, what is God saying to do? Jesus said, if you will speak to the obstacles in your life, they will be removed. They'll be cast into the sea. And if you'll not doubt, but if you'll believe what I'm telling you, it will come to pass. And that sometimes we're waiting for God to do something and God is saying, I've already...